Hi everyone, it's Bill Black, the Exit Coach from the Exit Coach Radio Show. You know, one of the biggest questions I get on the show is what exactly goes into a business exit plan and when should I start creating mine? Well, I always tell people that the best time to start was five years ago, but the next best time is now because you never know when you might need it. So we put together a free report that describes what an exit plan is and what you should know. You can get it free by texting EXIT PLAN with no spaces to 44222. That's EXIT PLAN to 44222. Again, text EXIT PLAN to 44222. Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach tip of the day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. All right, and thank you for listening. Uh, it's been a pleasure to have you with me this morning, and I'm going to roll into my next guest, and he is Michael Allen Tate. He's an executive coach, strategist, and author, and we're going to be talking about uh, his new book, The White Shirt, Find Your Peaceful and Life-Giving Career at Any Stage of Life, and uh, he has a key focus of helping business leaders navigate career transitions. So, uh Michael, thank you so much for joining me today. Welcome to the show. Hello, Bill. How are you? Doing well. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining me. Uh, very interesting hey. book. I have a copy of it here on my desk, and uh, I find it very interesting. There are a lot of people out there today, of course, um, uh, that are employed, but they're always looking you know, to, to transition up. So if you would, tell us a little bit about you and your background and how you came to uh, get into this career and and a little then we'll talk about your book a little in a little bit all right well thanks bill <clears throat> yes uh uh i'm uh my firm is uh i do retained leadership development i work with uh executives that are moving in moving up and moving on kind of in a healthy way that's sort of the focus of my business but the way i got in this business of career advising was when I was in my 30s, I was in a, as you were saying, a career I was felt like I was stuck in and got real frustrated and affected everything in my life. And so one day the company basically said, it's a good idea for you to leave. And uh, my wife said the same thing. And so that kind of hit me uh, a double whammy. And so I, I was going, you know, what do I do next? You know, what do I do with my career, my life and all that? So I went to a career advisor and uh, I paid him a bunch of money to help me find my next job, and he did a couple of tests and and said, you should be an HR director. And he uh, sent out about 500 resumes. That's when he used to send resumes out. Got Mm -hmm. one resume back, got one call back and all that time. Mm -hmm. And I thought, man, what is wrong with me? I mean, I've got a master's degree and all this stuff. Why can't I find a job? And I realized it wasn't it wasn't uh, me, it was the strategy I chose, which was the worst in the world as far as using a resume to find a job. So at that point, I decided that I was going to fix that and try to keep other people from having to go through what I went through, and that's how I got in this business of career advising. Well, that's the that's the spray and pray strategy, right? <laughs> that's right, yeah. yeah. These and, days, uh, you don't have to kill so many trees with it. You don't have to send out actual paper, but uh, the people still get on to, to websites quite a bit. What kind of preparation should they be thinking about before they uh, embark on, on the search? 
Well, it's uh, kind of like starting a business. You know, we start a business with a plan, not a brochure. So I have people uh, actually sh- I show people how to put together a, a plan for their next career and their next move and and uh, what they'll uh, be doing next. And uh, uh, and th- that idea of doing that after my experience came when I was after I left the business, I was doing uh, I was introduced at a Chamber of Commerce meeting one time as a professional seminar giver. And I traveled and did seminars, and I was, um, after a seminar I'd done in one place, a little, uh, an old uh, older couple came up to me and had a furniture store in that city and said, uh, can you help our son decide what he wants to do? And I said, mm. what do you mean? He said, we, we want to leave the business. We don't know how. We don't know if our son wants to stay in it or not. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I... I sat down with the son and helped him get a plan for his life first, and then we got a plan for the business. And he went on to multiply the business to four or five stores and did a great job. But that model that I used with that founding, that one business there, kind of is my business model for what I do now with people. So, And people wow. are kind of in transition. Wow, so. it sounds like you've been talking to some of my clients, Michael, that, that they're, they really want their <laughs> – they would love for their um, – their offspring to take over the family business, but the the offspring don't know if they have the appetite. And a lot of times what I found is they say, uh, I don't want to live the life that you've lived as my parent. Uh, I've seen everything, uh, everything go, you know, you work tirelessly and endlessly for this business. You neglected the yeah. kids along the way. You know, you had a rough life. I don't know if I right. want that, but the, but the child might not have worked anywhere else and they don't know right. what else is out there. So there's a lot of soul searching. Um, Absolutely. And, and, you know, you have something called the top five challenges that people face when they're considering a career move. What, what would those right. be? Uh, well, the first one is uh, uh, people haven't really looked inside to figure out what they want, you know, what it is mm-hmm. that uh, uh, Albert E. Newman of uh, Mad Magazine once said that most people don't know what they want, but they're pretty sure they don't have it. And so just taking some time to look inside yourself. And I actually have people do this exercise of writing down for two weeks the things that you are thankful for or grateful for and the things that kind of drive you crazy uh, in your work. And after two weeks, you can get real clear on what you want kind of out of your next career. But that's part of it. The other part is uh, they use the wrong strategy, as I mentioned before, you know, the strategy of asking for a job. And the essence of my book is ask for a job, you'll get advice, ask for advice, and you'll get a job. And I teach people how to take a new approach to that. And the other is doing it alone. Uh, that's the it, Changing a, a career is a, yeah. a lonely place. So having someone to work with you and be by your side and kind of help you through all that is kind of the main key in in those uh, reasons, people will get held back. Yeah. Great. So uh, look inside, um, have a strategy for for uh, getting out there. Like you said, ask for advice and get a job. And, and doing it alone uh, is is tough because you may not know uh, what all is out there. You may not know what's what's changed. But you know, er, uh, early on, what you said was kind of the, the look inside. <laughs> and I've heard that from other people as well. It's like. You know, a lot of people these days, uh, Michael, are starting to say, you know, I need to keep working. I need to continue income. But I'm sure tired of what I've been doing for the last 20, 30 years. 
Uh, and and uh, what I've heard from some people is, what did you want to be when you were a child? Maybe there's something. Maybe there's something there, right? Yeah, that's true. As a matter of fact, the, the one of the first exercises in the in the white shirt book is to uh, <clears throat> go back and ask your parents and people who knew you, you know, what you like to do as a child. And I have folks uh, do a career tree of their careers and their family, and it's pretty astounding to folks who have never really thought about all the fam- careers that kind of naturally connect to them. And uh, you probably think, well, that's a good idea for kids coming out of college. But I had a guy that was 65. He retired from a nonprofit, actually a church, and he wanted to go, still wanted to work. And he looked back at his career tree. He had like six people in banking, his uncles and all that. Now he's a community banker, you know, in, mm-hmm. in the, just by going back and saying, so what naturally, kind of what's my heritage of careers can really help you as well. What was what what was I wired for all of these years, all of these generations? Uh, something has to have been built into the DNA along the way, I guess, huh? <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah and, you know, you just, uh, you grow up in it, you hear it, and uh, but the main thing is just to be aware of it because so many people choose careers, as you probably know, Bill, from talking to folks. Is uh, how did you become an accountant? Well, my my college roommate decided to be one. He said we could make some money, so that's what I did. <laughs> you know, people go into careers right. for from peers or for profit is kind of usually the ones that uh you know and, and uh and then they finally got down to purpose, you know, what it is that I really want to do. Kinda of like and that usually comes from an event, kinda of like what I shared with my uh when I found out what languages I loved I love that language of career and advising, like you love the language of finance and Money. I'm sure. I'm sure there was a point when you discovered that for yourself. Yeah, you know, I think like a lot of people, Michael. I mean, I, I, I picture. You know, I, I talk to a lot of um, children who took over businesses that are no longer children. Now they're the 65 year olds, and they're saying, you know, I, I, yeah. I lived a comfortable life of of kind of quiet desperation. It wasn't my. It wasn't what I wanted to do. And you know, I think a lot of you know we hear about the whole you know. Everybody gets a trophy kind of a parenting generation that's that's now come growing yeah. up, and I hear a lot of people saying, "Follow your passion, follow your passion." But the problem is sometimes people need to recognize that their passion may be better as a hobby. You can do your passion as a hobby if if you right. if you if it doesn't sustain a lifestyle, uh, right? Right. Yeah. You have to. <clears throat> You know, find a, a passion and somebody will pay you for it, for sure. And uh, But, you know, passion, that word passion, you know, has kind of taken on this connotation of enjoyment or pleasure. But, it really, you know, passion's pain. And uh, a career usually uh, goes around helping, you know, a point of, um, you found a point of pain where you recognize there was a need. And that other people have that same point of pain that you're helping them get through. So that's why I kind of think about passion in a little different way, and because uh, uh-huh. those usually continue if you can, uh, if you can hold on to that that one thing that kind of drove you there. What's your, as we always say in business, what's your founding story? You know, where did it all start, and you know, can you find that need that repeats over and over? Yeah, I struggle with this sometimes today because uh, I see uh, a lot of, I, and I, again in family businesses, a lot of times it's like. Um, the, my 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 job, my scope of my job, sometimes starts with 
can you see if the SOB is going to become the CEO or not? And the SOB is the son of boss, okay, in my, in my nomenclature. Right, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> that's what all the employees call him, the <laughs> SOB. But he's the son of the boss. And the question is, can that, can that son or daughter, can they become yeah. the leader of this business at some point? And you know what? Guess what? A lot of times they don't have that in them. And so then it yeah. becomes a question of, well, then we're going to have to sell the business. So now we need to figure out what that um, – that a young person should do with the rest of their life. And that's where people like you come in to say, well, let's just hold on a second. Don't rush out and get the first job you see. Let's let's sit back right. and think about this and what's good for you. It it may not be, you know, for instance, I play, I play music. That's my passion, but it's a hobby. I played last yeah. night. I made a hundred right. bucks. I mean, I'm not going to live on that. And I, but I thoroughly right. enjoyed the time I, I was able to, to do that uh, just last night. Uh, but for many people, um, they're going to have to find something. It might be in the realm of helping people. You can help people a lot of different ways if that's your passion. Sure can, yeah. So uh, you have something that's called it's the unconventional approach that works 85% of the time. Can you, can you describe that for our listeners? That sounds intriguing. Yes. Uh, uh, the uh, so the thing uh, the thing that works 85% of the time is to uh, develop a one-page career strategy uh, that is a if you go on my website you can see examples of these on one side it says here's a couple lines about my background here's the, where I want to live geographically here are the kind of industries I think I would work in here are the, here are my basic skills and talents and on the right hand side of that page is a list of target organizations or types of businesses that you share. And so that's the one-page plan. And uh, you go and you go and share that plan and ask people for advice rather than asking them for a job because you know that if someone comes to you with a resume in their hand, uh, they are, as we call it, you're at that point a job beggar. Uh, yes. You, and yeah. we, we say approach, approach job search as a research project. I'm here doing some research. I'd like your advice on my plan. I don't expect you to know of any job openings. I'm not expecting you to know of anybody that's hiring. Just look at this and tell me who who would you suggest I talk to about my plan. And that works. It's worked for ages. It works in my little book and it works in life. So that is the that the key to all of it is asking for advice, not asking for a job. Because when you ask for a job, you get advice. As for advice, you get a job lead most of the time. That's terrific. That's a, it's a great idea. Uh, you're coming in. It's kind of intentional networking, if you will. You're you're coming in with a, a purpose, but you're by having people that that know um, the lay of the land. Maybe uh, you know other opportunities can come up if you just approach it. Uh, properly, and that's that's terrific. Uh, now, sure. when you uh, when you work with uh, individuals and executives, um, mm -hmm. uh, is it often around this this topic? It's uh, when you because I talk to a lot of business owners, Michael. Here's here's my right. my question is, and they say. I want to get, you know, they talk to me when they want to get out of their business, right? They say, look, I, in the next three to five years, I don't want to be doing this anymore. I want to pass on the, the leadership and the assets, and and uh, but I don't want to stop living. I, I want to, I don't want to retire. I want to rewire. Okay. Yeah. So, when when you 
when you work with people in that realm, when should they start thinking of that, that and getting into that mindset in advance of whenever their exit timeline might be? How soon? Oh, uh, at least uh, five, three years uh, at the at the latest to really be thinking about it and start putting together some of your ideas of the ways, ideas of a plan and your thoughts about uh, the things you'd like to do. Uh, I work, uh, most of my work is retained. I work for corporations and I spend a third of my time with one-on-one with people, a third of my time with their team and a third of my time with the boards uh, of directors working with them. So, and I'm working with uh, CEOs and people who are leaving and trying to get folks uh, you know, ready to go. The hardest thing to do, as you, you know, is to say, give me a date. Uh, you know, let's say, yes. let's imagine a date out here. Now, if we imagine that date, uh, what are, let's talk about what that might look like, what, how you might spend a week, start kind of a, it's, it's just like, you know, just like when people start a new job. Uh, I work with new leaders coming in to organizations, and I say, uh, let's write a hypothesis of what you think it'll be like for the first year. And then test uh-huh. that hypothesis as you go forward. So it's the same sort of idea is let's just explore with that what that would look like and but let's put something down on paper that you can start thinking about and uh, not even sharing that with people then, but just kind of uh, that at least three years ahead is uh, ideal. I, I really like that idea, you know, that uh, I talk to a lot of owners, unfortunately, Michael, that say, you know, I would leave, but I don't know what else I would do, and I'm afraid of that unknown. So if they can start to do some research and, and do things like read your book and work with people like you to say, you know, I really need to figure out what, what drives me forward from here, <clears throat> and then I can start to try it on, you know, research it. Um, and then there, uh, in the the groups that I'm in that deal with exit planning, they say one of the key reasons business owners hold on too long on their business and don't exit is because they don't have a sense of what they'll do next. Absolutely. So yep. huge numbers of people with a lot more life left uh, than they used to have mm-hmm. <laughs> at retirement <laughs> age. You know, your life expectancy is right. about 20, 30 years. Uh, it's a long right. time. Uh, so it's a pivotal time. I know that AARP takes on this project for for people. Uh, they call it, I think it's Life Reimagined. Uh, but yes. wow. uh, in, within that, you need listeners, you need expert advice, and that's where Michael Allen Tate comes in. Michael, I, I know your website is, uh, as your name, michaelallentate.com, Michael, A-L-A-N-Tate, T-A-T-E.com. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And your book is called The White Shirt, and I imagine it's available wherever books are available. Right. It is, and it's at Amazon, all the bookstores. It's also uh, just went Audible last week, so you can get it as an Audible book. Uh, on my website, though, I do have a uh, – the website for the book is whiteshirtbook.com, uh, whiteshirtbook.com. And if you go there, we actually have a special promotion for – listeners who would uh, be interested in I have a free workbook that you can use to take yourself through the seven steps that are in the book and actually develop your plan in seven to 14 days so that if you go to the whiteshirtbook.com and click on the uh, 
gift for podcast listeners. Podcast listeners, you'll you can see that, and that'll that'll be my gift for anyone who'd like to receive that. Well, I sure appreciate that. I know I will be uh, telling listeners, but also telling clients that you know they absolutely have to start this parallel path of thinking very seriously about their future after their business. And again, you don't have to be a departing business owner. You 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 might want your uh, your children or others in your business to to read this as well to help getting really a, a, a concrete strategy for moving forward. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a real pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you, Bill. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 